Hello again to all the parents, speech and language students, and teachers who are listening in. This episode, episode two, will target the question, is my child demonstrating characteristics of autism spectrum? Today, we are going to talk about the doubts that parents have that stem from observations that they have made of their child's language development that don't seem quite normal. I wanted for this to be the first diagnosis addressed in the series of these podcasts because it is the biggest fear that most parents have when they notice that something is off with their child's language development. I will go over characteristics, ideas of things you can do at home to address them, and I will review a case of a child that I saw when I first started as an assistant that will always stay in my mind due to how effective the the intervention was and how that shaped the way that I continue to treat children on the spectrum. As I mentioned in the previous episode, there are certain characteristics that should be present during early stages of language development. You want to see the child demonstrate joint attention, which means that the child is engaged visually and emotionally with the family member interacting with your child. You want to see some sign of enjoyment when interacting. You want to see your child exploring and using toys. They don't need to be using the toy appropriately, but at least having the toy do something related to what it is. So, for instance, if your two-year-old is given a toy car, you want to see him pushing it and maybe going after it if someone else pushes it. You want to see him looking at the activity that you're doing with the car. So, if, for example, you put the car on a ramp and you push it down, You want your child to show some interest in this. This is fun. This is something that they should like. What you don't want to see is that right when you go to interact with your child, he gets up to do something else. Another example is pretending to feed a doll. Your child shows some interest. Your child should show, uh, excuse me, show some interest in this since this is something that's age appropriate. So maybe you can model it for her and try feeding the doll or brushing her hair and then see if your child will do the same with enjoyment. And, you know, remember, this isn't something like uh, it happens once and you're like, okay, wait, now there's something wrong. This is a, a pattern of the behavior, a consistency. It's consistently happening when you go to interact with them. It's consistently happening when you're giving them toys and they just don't know what to do with them. They don't show any... Um, interest in them. And if they're playing with something and it breaks, you want them to show some reaction, whether it's crying or bringing it to you to fix or even trying to fix it themselves. That would be great. It's of course okay if from time to time they just abandon the toy and move on to something else. But you want to see some kind of reaction to the desired toy not working appropriately anymore. Expressively, it gets a bit tricky because early on, Children on the spectrum can be demonstrating the same amount of vocal play that a child developing normally demonstrates. However, you want to see your child using the speech as if they were truly using real words. For instance, you're rolling a ball to him and he looks at you and babbles when it's your turn to roll it back to him. Or if he or she wants a toy that is out of reach, they look at you and babble something Almost if like they were, they were trying to talk, like if they were saying something of like, I want that, if they were actually able to talk. And you can tell because of their intonation of the voice changes. So it'd be like, get me that. 
you know, of course, not using the real words, using the Babel, but that the change at the end of the, the phrase increases almost like if they were using real words. And what is more telling, though, is the comprehension. A child on the spectrum will mo most likely have difficulty following basic instructions when interacting due to that lack of engagement. But, and this is where parents can get confused, you can also have comprehension issues and not be on the spectrum. What differentiates it is why is your child not paying attention to you when you ask him or her to do something when interacting with them? So let's say you're trying to engage your two and a half year old child in an activity, in an activity that involves putting like, let's say medium size balls, felt balls in a Tupperware. You're throwing them in there. You're making swishing sounds. Um, and then a ball falls next to the box. You ask your child to get it and they act like if they, if you did not say anything. Here she is also acting like if you were not even carrying out the game. There's minimal eye contact with you. There's minimal emotional reaction and no interest in participating or following instructions. These characteristics indicate more of a lack of engagement with the activity and can be more indicative of falling in the spectrum. However, if your child is watching and grabbing the ball sometimes, and you ask him or her to get the ball that had not made it into the box, and they don't get it, that can be either that they were more engaged with the other parts of the game and are just not attending to what you are saying, or they may be having some difficulty processing information that they hear. This will also be noticeable when asking them to do something, and they are acting aware that you are speaking to them, but they just don't do what you are asking, or they try to do it, but they do the wrong thing. Like if you ask them to put the toy in the box and they grab it, they grab the toy or another toy and they give it to you instead. So another important factor in autism it's, that it's been associated greatly with autism is that reduced eye contact. And even though this is often the case, you can definitely have a child that demonstrates pretty good eye contact, not perfect but good enough to feel as if they were connecting. So I want to tell those parents that are listening that if you are noticing that your child often appears disengaged and uninterested with others and demonstrates poor play and interactive skills, yet appears to have pretty good eye contact, don't think that just because that eye contact appears to be there that that is what's the most important. It does not have to be. It's that emotional interaction and those play skills that are more important. So if you're suspecting that your child is demonstrating behaviors that you feel may be more characteristic of autism, I strongly recommend that you seek intervention as soon as possible because early intervention is extremely effective in improving their overall level of function. So I'm sure many of you are also thinking about the other characteristics that are often associated with autism, such as those sensory issues, the flapping of the hand, the groping of the face when excited, fixations on certain items, repetitive behaviors, attention deficit, and so on. While many children on the spectrum, spectrum do have these accompanying deficits, 
These deficits on their own do not have to mean that your child is on the spectrum. You can very well have a child with attention issues that make them seem disconnected, but it is only because of an attention deficit disorder. Or a child that has a sensory imbalance resulting in poor attention and coordination can be just that, a sensory imbalance. So again, if you're having doubts, you can reach out to me and describe what you're observing or whatever other concern you may have at Diana, D-I-A-N-A, at Superior Speech, which is S-U-P-E-R-I-O-R-S-P-E-E-C-H dot com, and pay the small fee of $5 via Venmo to at Superior Speech Podcast, and I will provide you with some helpful information. So, now, now to go over a couple of techniques, we're going to go over a couple of the techniques to use at home, and I will go over the case that I worked on when I was um, beginning in my profession. If your child, this is, these are some techniques to use if your child is appearing disconnected with what's going on around them and not following instructions. The first technique is when addressing your child, get to their eye level. Hold them gently so that they are facing you. Then talk to him or her. If you want them to grab the ball, you tell him, get that ball while pointing to the ball. If they do not get it, you quickly grab them softly and guide them to it while you're repeating, get the ball. You grab first their elbow or softly on their wrist and help them grab the ball. Then have your child place it in your hand. Then say, you got the ball. This can obviously be used with any object at any time, even if at bath time. Get the toy. Get, if, you're, if you're in the bathtub and you're playing with little fish, get the red fish. You know, whatever. You can do with whatever object. Another activity that can be used, which will also help their play skills, is by sitting your child on your lap, then getting a spoon and feeding a doll and act like if the doll is enjoying the food or the drink. Then give the spoon to your child and guide them so that they can imitate what you have done while you are making the same sound effects as if the doll was enjoying the food. Like, mmm, yummy. <laughs> they, kids love those sound effects. I will end the episode by talking about a child that I worked with a long time ago that at that time had been diagnosed with autism of moderate severity. He was two and a half years old when I first started with him. He was nonverbal or vocal, very reduced play skills, so he did not want to explore or interact with most toys and appeared disengaged when speaking to him or when trying to interact with him. My supervisor and boss at the time had made me take a course on, it's called the Greenspan Approach, before I was able to start working at her practice. And I am so grateful for that because this approach proved to be extremely effective. It entails, in a nutshell, closing the circles, meaning the actions or interactions that the child has carried out. It also involves using play to open and close those circles. But when you have a child that does not even want to play, you need to use whatever opportunity you have to close those circles. So, for example, I opened a book in front of him, and he tried to close it immediately. Instead of allowing him to close it, 
I put my hand in the book to force it open. And this would frustrate him, and he would try and push my hand away. He finally would look at my eyes while pushing, which is when I then moved my hand and said, close the book, while he closed it. What I achieved there was to get a reaction with something that he initiated, which was to close the book. This was then implemented in play once he started becoming more engaged. And then I remember I gave him a car and had put it on the ramp and pushed it and said, go! And then I got the car again and gave it to him and he put it on the ramp and said, go! And I, I thought I was going to faint. <laughs> I couldn't believe that I got something from him. From that moment on, he started progressing more and more. He started connecting more. I continued working with him for about two and a half years consistently, then on and off for several more years. And he got to the point where he was reading, talking, using the computer phenomenally, <laughs> and was able to attend and be in a regular classroom with a shadow, though. He had difficulties with learning and was therefore diagnosed with a language and learning disorder. But I will tell you this, his parents were over the moon with happiness because they can now communicate and interact with their boy. So again, if you have any questions, you can reach me at diana at superiorspeech.com and pay the small fee of $5 through Venmo at Superior Speech Podcast, and I will help guide you with your concerns. I look forward to hearing from you.